Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast. I'm going to introduce to you another phenomenal man, uh, Mr. Darrell Jallo, uh, who is a husband. He's a father. He is, you know, a former team captain at West Virginia University on the football team. And he is currently the CEO and founder of Jallo uh, Training Academy, LLC. So welcome to the podcast. Are you interested in real estate? Are you tired of hearing about all the money that your friends and colleagues are making from their investments, but you don't know where to start? Don't worry, I got you. We are teaming up with Dr. Ronnie Shalev and Shawin Properties to equip you with the tools you need to feel empowered about your investments. So how do you get involved? Do these three things. First, go to my website at drderickthesportsdoctor.com and click on the sponsor link for Shawin Properties. This will give you access to a free webinar as well as the ability to have a discovery call with Dr. Ronnie Shalev. Also follow her on social media and stay tuned for more helpful tips coming at you on Money Mondays. Now back to the episode. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Derek. I appreciate this. It's such an honor and a privilege to be on your show today. Absolutely. So once again, you know, I've mentioned Classy James and the Athlete Unite Conference several times now on this podcast. Um, Mr. Uh, Jallo was one of the keynote speakers at that conference as well. And he did an excellent job talking about generational health, not generational wealth. And we connected after his talk. And I really wanted to share some of his philosophy with the audience today. So, man, glad to have you here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh... Yeah, that, that event was amazing. Uh, Athletes Unite uh, with uh, Classy James and Derek Boone putting that together. Um, I still think about it, you know, about some of the lives. You know, you only need one person to reach out to that's, that feels like, hey, I got something out of this at 1%. So I really feel like that happened uh, during that time. There. Sure, sure. So, you know, talking about athletes, talking about you excelling in football, you know, on the collegiate level, but talk about football and kind of how that was your way out or tell us about growing up where you grew up and how football played a significant role in your life. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, like most people, you know, playing sports, it's, that's your way out. If you're not, you know, inclined academically or you don't have the financial means, this is like your one ticket to get out or to play sports, whether that's basketball or football or baseball, rather for those three particular and the communities that I grew up in that were, uh, you know, lower socioeconomic uh, standards. So I played football. I was blessed enough with the talent from God. And uh, I didn't think it would take me this far. Honestly, I thought it was just, you know, going to play a little bit, score a couple of touchdowns and go home. But it has opened up a lot of doors, different platforms. So coming from Reading, Pennsylvania, um, my mother uh, moved me from there to Greensboro, North Carolina. And then I had the luxury of taking, you know, everything in and making it my own and had the opportunity to get a scholarship to West Virginia University and play football there. So talk to us about Redding, Pennsylvania versus, you said Greensboro, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are two different, two different areas. Two, talk about two that experience. different areas. <laughs> um, well, <clears throat> I'll, I'll kind of tell a quick, quick story. I know we're on time. So from yeah. Redding, Pennsylvania yeah. to Greensboro, North Carolina and Redding, 
it's predominantly, you know, you know, up there where it's right outside of Philadelphia. So, you know, the culture shock for me to go to Greensboro, but up there, there was this, at this time, there was a thing called Pumas, um, where there were actually uh, like undercover cops and what they were doing, they were, you know, just approaching kids who were selling drugs to, you know, just selling drugs. So a lot of undercover cops were scooping up these 14 and 15 year old kids, just plucking them out. I'm like, where are they going? My cousins was getting taken away. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But uh, at this time, uh, my cousin at the time had did something, Come cousin got in trouble. Some of my friends were getting in trouble. My mom was, you know, savvy enough to say, okay, I need to get my son out of this environment. I can definitely tell my son has a talent. I need to move him out of here. My mom, you know, she flipped flipped the coin and it landed on the map, landed on North Carolina. And she prayed about it, flipped it again and landed on a G. I was either going to be Greenville, North Carolina or Greensboro. And Greensboro, uh, you know, it's it's a good melting pot there. You know, a lot of African-Americans there who are thriving, especially with the A&T being in Greensboro. And we got on the ground bus and I had salt shakers and picture frames in my hand. We on the bus just going down. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> so we made it yeah, to yeah. Greensboro. Carolina, and uh, that was a big culture shock because everybody on my team was there was more black kids on my team. I was like, "Wow, this is this is different," you know. Um, but you know, but my mom kind of moved me to a different spot, the suburb suburbia part of uh, um, Greensboro, and I had the luxury of kind of getting a great education and learning from my my teachers and staff and my peers. And I had a very successful high school career uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. So at first I thought you were the Fresh Prince. I thought you were about to move in with Uncle Phil and Aunt Vivian in the mansion, right? <laughs> nah, my mom, my mom was not letting that happen. Well, well, yeah. funny, I moved in with my uncle for about three months while my mother went to North Carolina to set up shop. So I did do the, the Fresh Prince essentially. But at that yeah. time, I believe the movie was The Wood. So my boy, okay. we were watching The Wood. And they were like, where are you from? He said, I'm from North Carolina. But I was like, y'all from Reading, Pennsylvania. So it was like the opposite. I was moving right. to North Carolina, yeah. you know, to the country bar, right? And uh, so they would make fun of me. So my boys, we would always say, yo, that's me. I'm Omar Epps or I'm going to be Tay Diggs, one of the two. Okay. So we just right, having right. funny, you know, our funny insight about that. So that was, that was our movie. Yeah, that's funny. All right. So did you excel right away in sports or... You know, did you become a good athlete yeah, later on yeah. in high school or what? No, nah, it was, it's in our family blood. I could put every uncle, every cousin on this phone right now. Like, yo, what well, we good from, <laughs> from birth? Like, we, we gone. Yeah. Like, we don't yeah. play no games. We get out. Um, you. you know, my family's full of, you know, running backs, receivers, quarterbacks, all the skill positions. We just, we out. So I was I definitely blessed with the talent, you know, and the lineage for my family for sure. Sure. So, you know, you mentioned academics, football was your ticket, but, you know, at West Virginia, you weren't a slouch in the classroom either. So talk about that. You know, was there a flip when you got to college where you said, okay, I'm going to take academics seriously or how did that work? Two sides to the story. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I'll just tell it because it's funny. It's fun. So I really honestly wasn't that. I don't feel like I applied myself in high school. Right. right. So in college, I was like, man, if I don't pass, I'm not going to play. That's just the name of the game. You don't pass your classes. You just can't play. And you're going to send you home. I'm like, nah, y'all ain't sending me home because I know my mom can't afford this anyways. You know, it's expensive. So I got to figure out, make this work. So uh, my mother, 
um, was like, you better do your best. So I went to class the first day and the teacher said asked a question, I raised my hand and I was like, wait, I got the answer right. And everybody was like, looking at me like, okay, you know what you're talking <laughs> about. She, she put us in groups and two girls wanted to be in my group. And they were like, you know so much, you raised your hand, how did you know the answer? And all I did, I just read out of the book. I was like, it says this, I just read the answer. <laughs> so they thought I was yeah. really smart. So the whole time we were doing like study groups, I was pretending that I knew everything. So I was studying before they would come to study. So I was studying once and then they would come, we would study together as a group, I would study again. And then before the test I would study, I would get an A on the test. I'm like, wait, all you had to do is study? You're going to get an A? And I, I don't know, something happened, some light bulb just went up in my head. I was like, just study before the exam instead of just showing up thinking you were going to know it. And after that, my, my GPA went up, my grades, everything. And then I was just like, why did I not do this at high school? I should have just, I wasted my time. So I always tell whatever motivates you to learn, you got to take full advantage of it because I know it's not easy for everybody. It wasn't easy for me, none the least, but something happened in college and it clicked. Right, but you gave the recipe, right? You study a little bit more, do a little pre-reading, you know, go to class, get it and study a little bit more. So study you know, before some you athlete with the group. And right. a little of the other sauces, if there's a pretty girl in your group, it helps a little bit more. So a little motivation. You don't want to let the group down. The, the ladies already, they gave you the confidence in you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, that's cool. All right. So you play wide receiver, right? Yes, sir. All right. And then you mentioned that you were blessed to be able to have a collegiate, not only a collegiate career, but a play on a professional level. So yeah. talk to us about, you know, transitioning from college to professional sports and kind of that jump because, you know, high school to college is a talent, you know, gap. And then to go to the professional level is still another big jump. Um, that process was difficult because, you know, everybody's going to lead the kickers, the punters, the snappers, everybody's professional. So getting there to Tampa Bay Buccaneers is an undrafted free agent. Uh, I was fortunate enough that my cousin played there as well. He was a tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, John Gilmore. And we were there and I was learning and I just, you know, I thought I had a great opportunity, but you know, you know, the nature of the beast of the game is NFL not for long. So right. I got the call, you know, not that, that, that knock on that door. I was like, Hey, give me that playbook. I was like, Oh, <laughs> and, um, me up to uh to montreal and um that's where i was like, okay i need to be a professional play the league a little bit doing the, the camps and stuff up there so i kind of know what i need to do and i just need to go up here and be a dog i kind of was like uh what do i want to do do i like do i like it up here do i want to like, stay i'm kind of homesick i miss it i don't know how to speak french i'm just like what's going on and just learning to be a professional your money management, time management, your studying your playbooks, uh, you know, you know, being a good teammate because there are grown men on the team who have kids and families and this is their livelihood. So they take it very seriously. You're just, I know it sounds like I'm just having fun, but some people are taking it very seriously. So understanding that the dynamics of where I was at that time. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned being a professional, right? And there's a different way that you have to approach the game. The same way you approach studying, you know, you can't just show up to practice. You got to take care of your body. You got to stretch. You got to learn the playbook. Um, and that's a different level of commitment from being a high school athlete or even being a college athlete. But talk yeah. about how those traits that you learned 
you know, as a football player prepared you for the game of life, especially in, in business? Well, just watching some of the veterans, I'm eating hamburgers and fries and they, <laughs> all the, all the uh, ketchups and honey mustards and fruit punches, not drinking any water after practice, no vegetables. I'm just eating pizza and cakes and pies. And I'm like, he's not eating any of that. But he's also been over there for like, you know, four years. So he's had to say, I take care of your body. That was my first time really seeing someone like take care of their body. But my family, we were eating, you know, fried chicken, sweet potatoes, macaroni and cheese, collard greens, cornbread. You know, that's that's a traditional meal of just fried chicken, green beans and macaroni, these staple meals that I'm eating. So I really wasn't, you know, privy on different meals or understanding your body, what to eat, what not to eat. So I had the opportunity to learn more about that by, you know, first seeing it uh, through one of the athletes. And that's why I started to say, okay, well, I need to start taking this a little bit more seriously about my body, my health, you know, internally, not necessarily about physically. Yes, in the weight room, I can be as big as the world, but internally, I was, that's where I was really taking a uh, true interest in. You know, and you mentioned before, growing up in poverty, we don't have, you know, access. It's about access. You go you, in the hood, yeah. you don't have fresh food markets, right? You're going to see a lot of fast food. You're going to see, you know, a lot of corner stores where you're just grabbing snacks and, you know, you, you get bad habits. Yeah. And then once you're exposed to something different, some people never adapt. But, you know, that's the key to going to that next level is being able to adapt and being able to take care of your body, take care of your mind. Um, it's not all about physical talent in the end, right? Oh, 100%. And uh, that's that's the key, like I said, access. Like A lot of people don't get that access, but once you get the access, what are you going to do with the knowledge? And that's where I want to share this with as many people as I possibly can. I'm sure you have as well, but we fall short of that. And I want to... Uh, that was the message that I was trying to do at the Athletes Unite to share generational health with the masses. So athletes understand, yes, take care of your body physically, but internally, what are you eating? How are you drinking mentally, spiritually, you know, emotionally? How are you taking care of yourself? Those are things that matter. Sure, sure. And talk to us about your training academy and what's the focus who are your the clients or the athletes that you're working with? So Jalo Training Academy is um, designed from my background of a single parent mother who's like, man, my son is really good at sports, but he's lacking. He doesn't have a, a coach. He doesn't have a mentor. He doesn't have the proper training. He's just going off of just talent. So since he's going off of just talent, he's just out. So I figured, what is the best way so I can not make sure that this doesn't continue to repeat this cycle? So I, right. I developed a program. I have like a three prong where I'm teaching the kids. I can be their mentor as well as have an academic, you know, advisor, counselor for them, for their, uh, of course, for their, their scholastics, as well as a personal trainer, like all three in one, that three prong. So now the kids are like, wow, this guy, he believes in me. He's, he's actually able to help me, you know, guide me through life, as well as, hey, I've acted as a counselor, stand on me, my SAT, my, 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 uh, my GPAs, he's monitoring that, and then we can actually train. So now it's like, I'm gonna be their GPS for success, saying, listen, 
you're going to go here. Be careful. Watch out. Hey, we need to connect with here. Hey, we need to go here. We need to do this. And then boom, so they can graduate because they're all, you know, everybody's going to say, oh, everybody wants to go to the league, whether that's right. NBA, football, whatever. Everybody will go to the league or everybody want to make the new hit record, right? Or we know the bad way. But mm -hmm. everybody wants to be successful. So if you're going to do it, this is definitely the harder way. Um, but it's worth it in the end because you, you know, you're going to reach your goals as you go up and progress. Yeah. So one thing I'll talk about on this podcast is success and what it looks like is different for each individual, right? Yeah. So somebody might have the goal of being a doctor, a teacher, a professional athlete, but whatever it is, you know, it's achievable for each person if you have the skills and if you have yeah. access to it. So I think it's great the way you're bringing that all together. Now, is that just you working one-on-one -on -one with the athletes or do you have a team that's working with them? The Sabre training bat is like no other training bat you've ever used before. So the purpose of the Sabre training bat with its modified barrel is so that you can perfectly sequence and get behind the ball, getting the bat on plane sooner, creating less miss hits, more line drives, higher batting averages, and more exit velocity. The Sabre training bat is the number one training bat on the market. Sabre Bats, the training bat that's going to take you to your best swing. Yeah, I have a team of people that work with me on that, uh, different coaches and uh, other mentors and some of my directors. Um, but in that, um, the key is it takes a village, you know, so I have some parents who help and volunteer. I have some staff who have other networks through the school systems here, uh, through Wake County Public Schools and through the elementary schools. So we start around about that 10, it's between 10 and 18 year old kids. Right when they're at 10, they're, they're kind of like, <laughs> had to be funny, it was like a 10 year old was like, I want to be OBJ. I'm like, all right, cool. And they're like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm about to be LeBron. I'm like, you sure you want to do that? Like, yeah, I know I'm going to be that guy. I'm like, okay, let me train you. And based off your work ethic, I'll let you know right off, off the back. And they're like, ah, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. I need a break. I need to sit down. I'm like, you really don't want this. So right. now I kind of, and it's a backwards way, but it actually helps because now the kid is like, wow, I thought I was going to be the next LeBron James, but I can't make, you know, five layups and I can't make all of my free throws and I can't get up and down the court without getting so tired. I need to practice and practice. And I kind of want to quit. I don't really want to do this. Okay, great. So you waste spending a lot of time doing this and this and back and forth dribbling. Now you can focus on your academics. Let's get into the books because now, that hoop dream over so let's focus on the mentoring and let's focus on the academic council let's get into that if you want to play leisurely basketball just play on your team sure but then i'll get a guy's like yo i'm going to be the next jay rice or you know the next tom brady all right let's let's work out and they dog it and they're not playing no games you want to break nope i'm ready to go like whoa coach after the workout coach can we work out again no, we just worked. That. Nope, I need to work. I want to work. Then I know that they're hungry. So now I can then I can add based off of what they're at. Some guys come into already with three uh 4.0 GPAs. Some kids don't have parents in the household. Their aunts maybe send them to me. 
So I'm able to figure out and I tailor it based off of, you know, each individual. So each time is completely different, but it's a, it's a great way to learn each, each person's, you know, very specific prototype of what they want to do in their life. Yeah, I think that's awesome because you're really meeting the kid where they are working with their strengths, you know, working with their weaknesses, because many times when kids are meeting a coach, right, for training, it's either you cut it athletically or you don't. If you don't cut it, don't waste your time, don't waste my, waste my time, you know, let's move on with this. But even the kids who you see and they finally realize, hey, I might not be a Division One athlete but you can still help them be, be a division one scholar athlete or yeah. you know, get a scholarship for school, an academic scholarship. So at the end of the day, I always tell my athletes, look, at one day, the ball is gonna stop dribbling. You gotta hang up the cleats at some point. You might be 30, you might be 35, you might be 18 or 19, or you yeah. might get injured as a high school player and never be able to play again. So yeah. you always gotta you know, be well-rounded Definitely, um, as an athlete, you know. Definitely, that that plan B, and also too, I I I would be doing myself a disservice if I don't say this. Some athletes do come to me, and they don't have the mindset right off the back. Like they go, I didn't know it was this hard. I'm not training you as a high school athlete. I'm training you for you want to be an NFL player. I'm gonna train you like an NFL player right now. Just because you're 15 doesn't mean you can't train like you're getting ready for pro day. So they're like they they haven't developed that mindset. So then I teach them that mindset. And then, then they're like, wow, if I really want this, I need to like change my mindset, my attitude, my demeanor, my way of talking. Talk. I need to really do this. So then they're like, all right, I can do this too. So some of them come into it and they have an right. expectation and I debunk that right away. And then, you know, I'll, I'll even do film session with them. I'm like, oh, this is part of the game too. It's going to take a while. You see this? <laughs> see your play? Look, you see your play. I'm literally doing this. You see your play? Look at your play. Yeah. Look, what are you doing? Look at your stance. Look at your start. Look at the top of your route. Did you burst out of your break? What about this? Did you block? He's like, oh my. God. I was like, this is this is just the normal stuff in the film yeah. room. I was like, so you got to get used to this. And they're like, teaching the kids, like, what you really want, let me show you. And if you can find out now, I don't want to go through this much work, this much pain, this much overcoming the, you know, this hill, this mountain that's almost that Walter Payton mountain. Yeah, I'm yeah. good on that. Then now you can get straight to what do you want to do? I want to own my own business or I do want to be a doctor. You want to be a lawyer or I want to, you know, I want to work at my fa family business. Okay, let's get to that. And you buy yourself a lot of time because I know a lot of guys who will go to the league or I mean, who want to pursue the league and they're pursuing the league until they're like 25, 26. And then they're like, All right, I got to hang it up. Like you said, I got to hang up the cleats. And now they're so far behind. And then it takes four years to get a build a resume, get a job, start getting into the workforce. And now they're 30 having a child. And now you're 31 and you're just getting a part-time meet uh, a base salary job. And they're so behind, they're so far behind the eight ball because college sometimes doesn't prepare you for real world experiences either right. because they're just using you up as an athlete, which you know, it's like, listen, score that touchdown, shoot the shot. You put these butts in the seats, we're good. Nobody's really teaching us how to walk, live, act, and, and kind of move. So it's kind of we're doing ourselves, our generation, as well as our African-American student athletes a disservice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I want to touch on that point that you brought up, because how do you advise a college athlete to be able to maximize their experience 
as a college athlete? Because as you mentioned, you're giving a lot, right? You're putting butts in seats, um, you're bringing in money. And now with name, image, and likeness, you might be able to get a little bit back financially. Yeah. But as an athlete, you know, while you have all the support, how do you advise someone to maximize that? Well, the biggest thing is you're networking. And that's something that people are like, and why are you over there saying hi to this guy? He don't even know you. I'm like, how you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm Darrell. Da, 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 da. And the guy's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Bill. Da, da. And he's like, oh, wow, I met him. And you don't know he's the owner of, you know, the car dealership down the street. Right. But yeah. but he has a plot, you know, for his tailgating. He's one of the, the bigger tailgaters. You know, he's one of our, our sponsors or he's one of our donors. And networking is your network. So it's really important to, as a student athlete, even if I do get a name, image, and likeness, they'll say, hey, I want to get a name, image, and like, name, image, and like, liking deal and likeness deal. But how can I be, you know, can I get a percentage of this? Can I be a part owner of this? Can I work with you? Can I have a job already in this? Can I get an internship? Can I set up my family? Can they get a job? Do you have another location here? I have family there. Use those networking because while you're playing, they will help. It's when you stop playing, it's like, you know me. What's going on? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. De- Devontae is playing right now. I don't really know you anymore, Darrell. Like, but I was there for four years. You got pictures of me all over. I know, <laughs> but uh, we're already on to the next. So while they're using you, you're using them. And you got to make sure you're on your education. Like, I'm not taking this for granted because these other kids are like, these athletes get the whole free education and we got to pay for it. They sleep in class and they come in when they want to. You need like, no, 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 no. I'm not playing no games on my education. I'm about to be on my on my grind, on point, studying, focusing, getting this education, playing football. I got one shot at this. If I do this right, network, 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 handle your business. If you focus on the of school and your athletics and don't have to make any detours, then everything else will take care of itself. But when you stop focusing on school and athletics, you get on all these detours. And then before you know it, man, now you're a junior. You're like, dang, I got to get my school right. I don't know if I'm graduate. Coach Andy liking me. I ain't going to play. Now your girl, your mom's trying to come to the game. You're like, dang, I messed up. All because you're taking these off detours. You've got to stay focused. Absolutely. No, that's beautiful. There's a lot into what you just said, but um, you got to maximize that moment because it can be gone, yeah. you know, just like a blink of an eye. If you get injured and not able to return, you know, people think that you have a four-year scholarship, right? But you have an opportunity of getting for one year opportunities to play, you know, because if you're not making the cut, you know, somebody else comes in, you get injured. I There's like a lot that. of different things. Can, can you say that? Can you say it again? Let me listen to it again. How you said it? You get four no, one said, year. You get you get an opportunity to get four one year scholarships to yeah. be an athlete. You know, that's deep. Yeah. You know, people think, okay, I signed as a high school, I sat at the table and I signed this contract. I'm good until I'm 22. Nah, that, that ain't how it works, right? Nah, nah, because they need them scholarships. They're like, come on, get that back, get that back to me. Right. So yep. I really do value that the, the name image and likeness is going on right now because it's like a, everything's always a double-edged sword because you have a player that can be making more than a coach right now. And now you're going to tell me a 19, 20, 21-year-old kid what to do. But I do know this guy has my best interest because he got a family, kids, grandma, aunts, and uncles, big old mansion house. So if I do good, he does good. 
And right. if I do good, I can actually get an opportunity to make even more money with bigger endorsement deals and NFL money, right? But right now I'm making, you know, $2.3 million, but I just, I just came from nothing. So this $2.3 million is the most anybody in my family will ever see in a generation after generation after generation. And I'm 21 years old. So it's really hard to tell a 21-year-old kid not to turn up and do him and, and wild out when he's 21. It's really, yeah. really tough with that much money in your pocket, all because you're a star at Texas University. Now you got signed by Lamborghini. It's just crazy. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So on timeout with the sports doctor, this is your final timeout. So, you know, you've shared a lot of great gems and advice to not only athletes, but to, you know, entrepreneurs and people who are just striving to be better. But what one thing would you say, you know, is the key, kind of the secret sauce to maximizing, you know, as an athlete, as a mentor, as a business owner, whatever it may be, what do you think that secret sauce is for you? Um, well, this is a no-brainer, easy one. It's nothing but God. I put God first, and that's the center of my life. And yeah. since I'm putting God first, like I said before, like with school and sports, you put God first, everything else will take care of itself. And that centers me. So when I feel like, man, my mental, my emotions, or my physical, or financial, or family, all those things are all around me, right? As, as if once you get off of your point and not centered, you know, my spiritual faith and I believe in God and that's what keeps me grounded and able to help and expand my, my network to others and help the student athletes to be able to help, you know, men and women with their generational health and provide their you know, nutrition and health and mindset and, and going over, even if it's just, Hey, how are you doing? That's a big help to somebody. Like they know that I care. So my biggest yeah. thing is that I'm I'm able to build my uh, my faith in God, and that allows me to be able to be full, so I can pour into somebody else and say, Hey, I'm here for you. I can I can help you. So God, put God first in every single thing you do. Never, ever, ever think that you can do it on your own. It's all God. That's beautiful. That's beautiful for sure. But man, thank you for sharing with me. Um, you know. It's a wonderful work and important work that you're doing with the youth, you know, not only teaching them how to be athletes, but teaching them how to be young men and young women, and yeah. also teaching them that there is life outside of sports. So I think that's great. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you, man. Uh, I love this platform. I love the opportunity that you're providing for even ex-athletes and just entrepreneurs and people in the workforce, for sure. Hey, this is something that's big, man. Look, this I want you to bring me back on the show when you get on a big, big, big network. <laughs> I want you to be like, yo, do you know we did that show? Did you come back on? Look, if you need a co-host, got a co-host. Look, I'll be the guy. All right, I got I'll you. Be, hey. uh, I'll be Skip. I'll be, I mean, I'll be Shannon. I'll be Shannon <laughs> if you want to be Skip or vice versa, whatever you want to be. Yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. know if you see that. You like that show, Undisputed. I like that show. Yeah, no, so I let like me it. know, man. Uh, Harry Wack can help, man. It's, it's a blessing, man. And thank you for what you're doing, man. I really do appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate that, man. And we're gonna we'll we'll continue to talk. There's definitely some opportunities we can work on together. All right, let's do it, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episodes. Until later, peace. Hey,
you don't want to miss. This is where life, sports, and medicine.